4: Late today, Chris Watts was
0: officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember
3: these words: if it doesn't fit, you must acquit.
2: I'm gonna start off this episode right here and let you guys know right off the bat that Mark suffered a tragic. Tragic injury. Yes, guys. Tragic. It's horrific. Yep. Beware. I I wish I could come on and tell you like I was saving 16 kittens from a burning building or like I saw a car rolled over and I rolled it back over to save a family. With his bare hands. With my bare (laughs) hands. But I didn't sleep right two days ago.
4: And he hasn't been right since, guys. He can't even look one way.
2: I can't look to the right. I'm trying to do it now. Charity's getting to watch (laughs) this.
4: Well, yesterday I saw Mark as well um, because I was called (laughs) at approximately 5 p.m. because there was an emergency here at the home. Right. I had.
2: I was like, leave her alone.
4: To cut a wig for Kristen's son's Halloween costume.
2: He is going as uh, Dominic Mysterio.
4: He is. And I I was up for the task. It was very grueling. Um, I didn't know if everything was gonna be okay. Um, we are we're dealing with a teenage boy, and anyone who has a teenager knows that, you know, it can be grueling. Mark was just sitting in his chair laughing at us, the three of us. But that's okay. Cause he couldn't really look over.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually so flash cut to today. Uh Kristen's cousin was here. Uh, the kids get dropped off for a little while. So they get to hang out here. And after they all leave, Kristen looks at me and says, hey, question, which I which instantly means I either said something that I wasn't supposed to or did something I wasn't supposed to. So I'm like, great. Instant defense. I
1: like that. You
4: know, the scoop, the scoop like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know her that well.
2: I'm like, great. What the F now? And then she's like, curious. And I'm like, ah, oh, she's adding descriptive words. This gets worse. <laughs>
1: descriptive
2: words. Mark's whole goal is to not be bothered at all at any point throughout the day. If I didn't speak to anybody, I would be happy. Ever. <laughs> uh, but, regardless. Says the man that's
4: all over social media. Right. <laughs> that's
2: like his job. <laughs> yeah. <it doesn't laughs> to talk mean to I, people. Doesn't mean I like that part of it. True. But she's like, so when people come into the house... Do you never stand up to invite them in? I'm like, no. Why would I? And (laughs) She's like, because it's rude. I'm like, no, if it's somebody that I do not know and they ring the bell, I will get up and answer the door.
4: I agree with you on this.
2: But if it's somebody who has already has the expectation of you are welcome here, like charity. Yep. I don't feel the need to get up or her cousin or any of her family members or our friends because they just let themselves in. And I just say, welcome to our messy abode. Yeah. Find a seat.
4: I feel exactly the same way as you. If it's family or close friends or people that you know very, very well that let themselves in, as you say, and you know, they're coming over. There's no need. to I, I, I say hi, of course.
2: Yes. I'm almost. Mark th- usually goes, the, what's up? I'm almost at that comfort level with the Domino's guy. He's here so much. like I feel like he could just walk in and take out a slice and sit down and watch TV with us. Do you get
4: the same dude every time?
2: Sometimes. Most of the time, yeah. But it's just one of those, she's like, you're just rude. And I'm like, I'm not rude. What's the point of me standing up and being uncomfortable now and then saying, welcome. Here, let me lead you past right where I was sitting to sit down. So I have a good idea. Okay.
4: Okay. So next time her cousin comes over with the kids,
2: yep. you
4: are to stand up, put your arms out and say, welcome and watch what the cousin says. She'll be like, what's going on? I
2: want 100% do this. Right?
4: She'll be like, what's going on? This is weird. And then you could say to Kristen, see,
2: I tried it your way. So, <laughs> but then- Kristen,
4: but you have to know Kristen though.
2: Yeah, this is you sure do. This is
4: Kristen. Like she is the you walk into the house. She's welcoming. She's this is her. This is what she does. So I can understand why she'd
2: welcome me into the house. She did. She did at one point, right? Yeah. So she's moved on from that. Now (laughs) I'm here, and it's just like, "Eh, cool. While you're up, we get me a soda.
3: (laughs) That's what I get now.
2: That's awesome. And then she says, "Well, do you do not feel like the need to walk them out?". I'm like, new. No. because like Kristen helps walk the kids out, buckle them in their car and all that stuff. And I pull the, hey, Uncle Mark says goodbye. Come give me hugs. They yep. come up, give me hugs. They give me kisses on the cheek and yep. they go bye bye, Oh. And I say bye bye, girls. So cute. And then I say, who let the dogs out? And they say, I don't know.
4: Oh, that's cute.
2: And then they walk away. It's the cutest thing ever. It's our little thing. So why would I change it? Those girls are adorable. Oh, they're fucking they, are fun. they, are, so they cute. are fun. That is for sure. They they are good eggs. Very good eggs. We were watching trolls today. Oh. And I like trolls. <gasps> I've never I like seen the ones it. that used
4: to go on top of the pencils that you go yes. mm, and the hair goes up. Sorry, go ahead. I still want one of those. Me too.
2: And one of the girls look at me and say, The bad lady coming now. And I was oh, because like, she's seen it before, and here comes the bad lady, and oh. I was like, "Oh, she's like, I don't like her." I was like,
4: "Oh my gosh, okay. that is so
2: cute." <laughs> so, I know we're going to get into the the big bad douchebag Casey Anthony for part number two, but first, I have a list of terms, I guess you would say. Oh, that was sent to me by a creep who would like to remain anonymous. Uh Uh-oh, this scares me. And they're just terms. I just wonder if they mean anything to you, so I'm just gonna... Oh, boy. I'm gonna say something. You ready? Yes. What is a bubbla? A bubbla? Yeah.
4: Oh! It's the little um, water fountain thing, like, in schools and stuff that they used to have everywhere that, like, after gym class, you'd go drink from. It's a bubbla. Uh,
2: But you just said it was a water fountain.
4: Well, like a like, you press it, and it comes up, and you just drink out of it.
2: Yes, it's a water fountain. You guys like your weird names. Whatever. Um, what's the Cape?
4: The Cape? Oh, that's yeah. Cape Cod.
2: Oh, but you just said it was Duck Cape. The Cape. Yeah. Hmm.
4: Yep, you don't need to say the whole thing. We know what it is.
2: All right, so we have gone tooth and nail with this one before. What's a carriage?
4: It's a carriage when you go to the grocery store. You
2: yeah,
0: mean,
4: you put your food in it. Like a shopping cart? No, it's a carriage, and you put your food in it, and then you you roll your carriage down each aisle, and then you go to cash out, and you put your items that are in said carriage on the little conveyor belt, and then you put them back in the carriage, and you go to your car, and you load in the car, and then you put the carriage in the carriage corral.
2: Sounds an awful lot like a shopping cart. Yeah, but it's a carriage. The last time we had this discussion, <laughs> oh, I had costs- somebody... <laughs> Send me a message and said both of you are idiots. It's a buggy. Yeah. <laughs> I was
4: this, like, what? this caused like an entire conversation in the, on the crime creep page.
2: It was awesome. What's a clicker? A clicker? Yeah, come on, you know what a clicker is. No, I don't. Is it? Is it a? Is it like a clacker? No, different?
4: it is a TV remote control. But it's so much easier to say clicker.
2: Oh my god!
4: So much easier.
2: Everybody knows this one, but I mean, everybody knows this is wrong. What is dunks?
4: Dunks is Dunkin' Donuts. Why would you say Dunkin' Donuts when you can just say Dunks? Um, hello. What
2: is that? A Dunks ice coffee? This is a
4: Dunks ice coffee. Yeah.
2: They've now changed it. It's not even called Dunkin' Donuts anymore. It's now just known as Dunkin'.
4: I know, I don't like that. They should just every, call it
2: Dunks. Every time I go there, they never have donuts. They should just call it Dunks. What's what's uh the garden? The garden? Yep.
4: Um the Boston Garden.
2: That is a pretty cool place, isn't it?
4: Yeah, where the there's lots of big shows and there's basketball played there and hockey. The guy. Now it.
2: I agree with this one. What are Jimmies?
4: Jimmy's? Oh Jimmies are the little chocolate sprinkles or, or rainbow sprinkles that you put on ice cream or a Sunday.
2: Yes, I agree they are they are definitely known as Jimmies. they Jimmy's so Jimmy's,
4: not so Jimmy's went into New Hampshire then.
2: Yep. Okay. Well, so that's a more
4: that's a more broad term then,
2: and I like the rainbow jimmies, yeah. not the uh, black ones, the
4: chocolate ones. I like the
2: chocolate ones. No, I know this one, but what's a nor'easter?
4: It's a huge ass storm. Everybody knows what a nor'easter is.
2: I didn't. I I didn't know the huge ass storm part of it, but nor'easter. Every time my mom would be like, "You better buckle up, good. It's a nor'easter out there, and it would be a bad storm, and would miss school." Yeah, it's a nor'easter. I did not know this one until I moved to Massachusetts. (laughs) What's a packy? It's a liquor store. Everyone knows that. (laughs) See, in New Hampshire. (laughs) The packy. New Hampshire alcohol is sold everywhere.
4: That's true. Oh, that's true. Like I can go to
2: Walmart and get beer, which you can down here now at certain places, depending on what town
4: you're in. If they have a liquor license,
2: yeah. God forbid though, you friggin' use a bag that's, you know, plastic. Right. That's that's a no-no. You don't do down here. Um, what is Pissa? Oh, it's when something's like awesome. It's Pissa. <laughs> you are correct again.
4: <laughs> that's one I used to use back in the day. I don't use that
2: anymore. This one. This is very dependent on where you are in, in the country. Okay. What, what's a rotary? A rotary? Yep.
4: Oh, it's the circle thing you drive in.
2: Yeah. Rotary, traffic circle, roundabout. Yes. Oh, uh, let's look through here, see if there's anything else. What's a statey? Oh, that's the state police. You don't want to be pulled over by a statey. Especially if you don't have your sticker?
4: If you don't have your sticker, yep, you're in trouble.
2: Stickers in Massachusetts work weird, too. They're not like New Hampshire, which it's you got to get your inspection sticker when it's the your your birth month. Down here, it's just 12 months from when you had your last one.
4: Yep. You got to get your sticker. You got you to gotta get it and make sure it's on there. You'll get pulled over by a statey.
2: Oh, I have... Too, because there's another one here that I say that just makes Kristen want to stab me. <laughs> it's not this one. This is one she says all the time. Bang a Yui.
4: Yeah, you bang a Yui.
2: Is that like just slang for what? A U turn. Oh, oh, oh. Banging a Yui. Yeah, you bang a Yui.
4: Like, I, like we pound it out. Yes. You bang a Yui.
2: This we- is one she hates with a passion. And I say this one and she doesn't grinder
4: yeah i don't like this one it's a sub it's a sub it's not a grinder
2: it's a grinder it's a sub in new hampshire
4: grinding is something else Mm, mm,
2: mm, mm. oh right cherry (laughs) in new hampshire a cold sub is called a sub a sub that is meant to be warmed is a grinder why I don't know. I didn't come up with this. Well, I'd like you to it's get a, a definition, please. Grinder?
4: No, it's a meatball sub.
2: No, it's, no, that's a ham and cheese sub. Oh, I can't. I don't know.
4: Sometimes Chicken you warm up. Grinder. Okay. So, what if you? What if a ham and cheese is toasted and warmed up? Is it's it a, now a grinder? It's
2: now a ham and cheese grinder. It's no, a warm sub.
4: it's a sub. It's just a sub. It's just uh, no. Guys, please, please comment on this.
2: Okay, well, I'm gonna take my shopping cart to Market Basket and buy Market myself sub bread so yeah. I can make a grinder.
4: Do you remember when the the old school people? Well, you wouldn't, because actually, no. no, you wouldn't. So the older school people when Demoulis, it was Demoulis yep, at Market it was Basket. Yeah, Demoulis, I remember that. So the older school, older generation when Demoulis was around, would literally call it the Demoulises. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go up to the Demoluses and I'm gonna go shopping. And then you got to help me unload it into the house. <laughs> the the, the demolices Not only so, did they make it plural, they put a the in front of it.
2: <laughs> when we got our first Damoulas, because ours actually said Damoulas on the front of it. Yes. When we first got our Damoulas in Claremont, New Hampshire, about 25 years ago, we were like, this is amazing. No more, sh-. you know, we had Hannaford's. Yes. And that was super expensive. Really yep. good meats, but super, super expensive. And then growing up, we had a stop and shop. Price chopper, but that didn't stay around for very long. We had a grand union that was uptown. And then I remember Kmart built a new plaza and moved right next door. And then this market, this old Kmart place stayed vacant for a while. And all of a sudden, Damula's Market Basket came there. And it's like every kid that I went to school with from that point forward worked there. Worked there, yeah. Except for me. I never worked there. No? I worked at the gas station down the street that used to be called Grampy's.
4: Oh, Grampy's. I like
2: that. Yep, that's, that's that was my high school job. That and Taco Bell and KFC, which is now I went by there the other day. It's just a KFC now. Really? There's no more Taco Bell. Oh. It's gone. Claremont, oh. New Hampshire, you let me down. Oh boy. Don't even try to eat at the uh the Burger King there. It's horrible. Is it? Oh my god, it's bad. I, I made the mistake of going and I was like, Woo the people on these Claremont pages are not wrong. This is horrible.
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, Mark.
2: Hey, Charity. I
1: have a little, before we get into the second part of this.
2: You did tell me you wanted to get my opinion. I have
4: a what would you do moment for Case Watch.
2: All right. Yeah. Let's roll roll it to me.
4: The other day, I was at an outdoor shopping area, walking around And a lot of these outdoor shopping areas have, you know, little, little shops that you wouldn't normally see. You know, they're not chains. They're just like cute little shops.
2: One-off shops. Yeah.
4: So there was this candy store and it was really cute, bright colors. So I'm like, I'm going to go in there and just walk around. Okay. I'm walking around and there were two women in there that... Didn't have any children with them, which is fine. I didn't have any children with me. Didn't think anything of it. What I did have a problem with was watching them lift up the candy trough where you take the scooper to put it into your bag and sticking their bare hands in and grabbing some candy and eating it. And they did this in more than one place. Okay. Contaminated the entire candy pool. I'm talking about like chocolates that were just out in the open that they stuck their hand in. God knows how clean or dirty their hands were. So now that entire bucket of candy is now contaminated.
2: That's kind of gross.
4: Putting it up to their mouths, licking their fingers, and then going to the next one and putting it in.
2: All right. It's, what would you do? It is well known that I like to cause chaos with charities' opinions. Yep. So I always try to play the other side of the fence. There is
4: no other side to this. That is disgusting with
2: You're, a capital they're D. They're gross. They're disgusting. And I would say, hey, hold on a minute. And I would take my hand in front of them and I would take what I want first and say, oh, now you have it. Ugh. That's what I would probably do.
4: What if they had just gone to the bathroom and wiped their ass and I'll watched their hands? That's how people get those, like, those um, infections from feces and stuff. What would you do? What would you do? Would you say anything or would you just walk out?
2: I'd probably just be like, yeah, I'm good and just go the other way. But I do remember as a child, <gasps> we had penny candies. Yep. And I very clearly remember opening the penny. That's a kid. Yeah, no, it gets worse. Oh, no. Because they were on the shelf in front of the register. So like me and my friends would go and we would open up, pull the glass cover off. It would start dumping them on the floor and they would count out like a hundred. Oh my God. And then pick up the rest, like scoop it up and then put them back in the container. Like everybody did that. Oh boy.
4: These were grown ass women. I'm talking like they looked as if they were probably in their sixties.
2: You're a grown ass woman.
4: Literally gave them a death stare. And then I went and talked to the associate. You didn't say anything. I did. I went to. I told the guy at the. No, front. but
2: you didn't say anything to the ladies. No,
4: I went and told on them. You and I, have but said but it was just them. a kid, kind of in the store, the one that was working there. So I don't know if he did anything. But I'm like, that's what health, like, that's disgusting.
2: I went to a candy store. I recently. will
4: never, ever, ever scoop out of one of those things again. Now after seeing that.
2: I love it. Gross. You scoop me some candy, though, and bring it back. <sighs> I went to a candy store recently, and I was basically like a little kid in a candy store. I can't. I, Kristen was just shaking her head, and I, I kept saying to her, I haven't seen these forever. I need one. Oh, my and God. And then I walk up to this bag up to the front, and the guy's like, that'd be uh, $32.87. Yep. Thank you. Come again. Yep. And I was like, wait, how much money? I got some rock candy and some little dots Isn't on Isn't that paper. crazy? And some candy cigarettes. And I was like, well, my hands are all over it now. I guess I can't go put it back. <laughs> That's true. Oh, well. All right. So what are we getting into today? We're jumping back into this ginormous douchebag. Casey yeah, this, Anthony. Is,
4: this is part two. wait. Okay, and-
2: real quick. What would you guys do?
4: Oh, yeah. What would you guys do if you saw what I saw?
2: Absolutely. Would you have said something? Or would you have ratted them out behind their backs to the 16-year-old kid who equally didn't care about anything? Or
4: would you have done what they did?
2: (laughs) Somebody's going to hawk a loogie on the person and be like,
4: you're gross.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Deal with that. (laughs) All right. So now we know what the creeps will do. I have a good feeling of what these people will do. I can't wait to read it later. Yeah, me too. All right, jump on to your next bit here.
4: Okay, so in in the last episode, we talked about the timeline that led up to finding out that little Kaylee Anthony had been missing for about 31 days, and the only person who knew she was missing was her mother, Casey Anthony. We learned a little bit about the family dynamic, the relationships Casey had with her parents, and just how much they loved their granddaughter. We also heard many of the lies Casey's, Casey spun suggesting where her daughter might be. She lied about everything to everyone. The only problem is that her family believed her lies or hoped that they were true. Grasping onto the smallest bit of hope that Kaylee was alive. Sad. It is sad because honestly, I honestly think it was her parents and they didn't do this on purpose. It was their love for their daughter were part of the reason that she got she went free because they were so Mm. standing by her. Because that's what loving parents do. You know what I mean? And they couldn't possibly put the their brain in that spot to think their daughter would actually do
2: something. I would not stand by my children. Yeah. If my children did something like this, I, I would bring them... No, 100%. I would bring them right to the police department. I don't not know. Not going to happen. Sorry. Sorry about your luck.
4: And it's weird, too, because the book that I re- well read and listened to, it's they did not like Jose Baez. They told Kate... They, they did not like him, but they... That's who Casey wanted as her lawyer. So they stood by her and did whatever the defense team wanted. But I don't know. George and Cindy had always just taken Casey's word to be true. Even when she was pregnant with Kaylee, it was clear to everyone around her that she was pregnant. She told her parents she wasn't. So they just went on believing she was gaining weight just in her stomach.
2: I tell everybody that I'm pregnant. They don't believe me. He's
4: with twins, remember, guys? I'm like, I'm
2: with twins. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm not fat. Uh,
4: We heard when and how Kaylee's remains were found. Unfortunately, we heard just how hard George was taking the fact that his precious granddaughter was dead and most likely it was at the hands of his daughter. I think George knew. I think he knew.
2: I think he probably suspected something but wanted to believe the best.
4: He tried to take his life. That is horrible. Yeah. We learned that Jose Baez was the lead defense lawyer and how he was happy to share Casey's lie upon lie. He loved having his five minutes of fame. We left off just before her trial was to begin and introduced the initial 12 jurors. The prosecution successfully got the death penalty on the table if Casey was convicted. There are many more lies to come um, as we get into the trial. So I, Jose Bias did write a book. Mm-hmm. I refused to buy it. Smart move. Refuse. I do not want to hear his side. I don't think I want to either. I know that's ch- churlish, <laughs> but it, I can't. I, I don't, don't know. I don't think it
2: is. At the end of the day, this, <sighs> I hate this because whatever I say comes out wrong. If she was a guy or an ugly girl, yes. do you think she would have been found guilty?
4: I don't know. I i think, well, we're going to get into it, but I think what it comes down to is there was not enough physical evidence. Okay, so let's get into more of the timeline. May 24th, 2011 was the start of Casey's trial. The prosecution painted a picture of a young mother whose daughter just cramped her style. They talked about all the shopping, partying and drinking she was doing the entire time Kaylee was missing. After all, they had all the evidence of her partying from the many pictures at her various clubs or at various clubs. Jose Baez, this is this is where it gets uh, get very very angry. Jose Baez dropped a grenade in his opening statement. He told the jury Casey's newest story, and it was a doozy. He explained to the jury that Kaylee had drowned in the Anthony's pool, saying George tried to cover up her death. He told the jury that George had molested Casey for years and suggested that he may have molested Kaylee. How? How? I, I don't understand. They even tried to... Possibly spin that Kaylee was actually George's daughter. And they, of course, did DNA. And that was absolutely 100 million percent
2: untrue. Now that you say that, that is a fact that rings familiar to me. But like I had completely forgotten about. That is horrible. He was
4: beside himself. So he was called in actually when the prosecution got word that this was her newest Casey 4.0, whatever, Ugh. her newest spin, they called George and Cindy in to to tell them what Bias was going to be saying. And George, Law, he, he started crying and he, he said, I can't believe she would ever twist that. I, I would never. And Cindy said to him, no one in the world will believe that you molested your children. Like, how can you? I, I just, I don't know.
2: Right I don't there know. is just piece of crap. Yep. Junk crap people.
4: So she was basically trying to say that
2: I'm not saying the parents, I'm saying yes. the people that allowed these rumors to be spun. Yes. Unbelievable. So
4: basically she was saying that somehow Kaylee got out of the house and went to the pool and that either George drowned her or found her and just covered it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. His beautiful, loving Granddaughter,
2: I don't believe this for a second.
4: I don't either. Bias also told um, the jury that Cronk, the man that found Kaylee's remains, planted them where she was found. How horrible is this? George and Cindy did nothing but be good parents to both their kids and wonderful grandparents to their granddaughter. To spill such a horrible, vile lie about a man that had done nothing but support her and believe her, that... oh. George was the first witness to take the stand and he vehemently denied touching his daughter or granddaughter. He made that very clear,
2: the very clear that Casey Anthony, let this be,
4: how could she look at her father on the stand?
2: Yeah. Let this be their defense,
4: their defense.
2: Give me a break. You and
4: how is it okay to change your story this many times?
2: Cause they're like, Oh, this one's not working. And How do the you next.
4: explain all the partying? If you knew your daughter was missing and you were sick about it, how could you possibly go out and party?
2: All right. So here is something that I've said before. And I say this every single time I'm forced to watch one of these true crime shows on TV because the line I hate the most that the detectives always say, they didn't expect the way we expected them to when we told them the news. Right. That comment, I, I hope, gets bashed up beneath someone's head no I agree it's horrible you don't know how someone's gonna face yep. in the news of this this case is not that
4: this case is not that because you're a mother your boyfriend that you were shacking up with had no idea your daughter was missing so she wasn't even talking about it to people none of her friends just knew
2: moved on just moved on did this dimwit really think that she was just gonna oh she's gone move on next story I, what was her end game I
4: don't know George also denied knowing anything about drowning. And I do have to say, it was pretty ballsy of Casey to come up with this type of lie. What if George had turned on her and told the jury things that would hurt her case? Because I'm sure he could have.
2: Oh, he probably definitely
4: could right? have. Right? But he knew his granddaughter was. Think about the position he was put in and yeah. Cindy. They, they knew their granddaughter was already passed on, okay? And all they had left now was their daughter and their son.
2: I don't think I could ever speak to her again. <sighs>
4: On May 27th, 2011, Simon Birch, the manager of the tow company where Casey's car was impounded, gave his thoughts on the horrible smell in the trunk. Here is some of what he had to say reported by the HuffPost. Some have said that his testimony was the most powerful for the prosecution. He was a veteran in his field as he had 30 years of experience. He had personally seen and witnessed the smell of approximately half a dozen cars with dead bodies in them. He was very clear on what a decomposed body smelled like. Before managing the tow company, Birch worked in, a san- in sanitation. So he had smelled all kinds of trash. He was sure he knew the difference between the two smells. So, you know, they said it was the trash that smelled like that, that was in the trunk. No.
2: Okay, so I have smelt oh, you have? trash and, and d- I've smelt dead bodies.
4: How? I don't know if I want to know.
2: Well, I delivered diesel for years. We used to deliver to. Trash companies. Okay, so I would be. But up what about in the dead trash. bodies? I was an EMT and firefighter for oh. many, many years. Do you not think that I never got called into uh, somebody who was dead for a long period <sighs> of time? Guys,
4: if I combust or like go into a cardiac arrest or something, Mark can save
2: me. And it's a lot of work.
4: You would not save me.
2: It's been a long time. I'm not certified anymore.
4: Oh my god, <laughs> he's laughing very hard, guys. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, this is what he had to say on the stand. It was an odor consistent to what I have smelled in the past. An odor.
2: You said an odor. All
4: right. We just talked about
2: an odor. It was an odor. 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 You put R's on everything else, just not the ones that actually need R's. Whatever. I love this.
4: Consistent to what I have smelled in the past when it comes to decomposition. Remember, by the time the car was found and picked up by George in the tow yard, it was clear that Kaylee had been dead for almost a month. He went on to say that human decomposition has a, quote, very unique and distinctive smell. He also said, the instant flash in my mind was, whoa, I know that smell. As we remember, both George and Cindy had the exact same thought and even said it out loud. Mm. Everybody who smelled that smell...
1: June 6th,
4: Arpad Vass of Oak Ridge National Laboratory took the stand. Vass began by talking about the shockingly high amount of chloroform that was found in the trunk of the car um, and how it could have gotten there. He explained that when a body is decomposing, it will release chloroform. He went on to say that chloroform can also be used to sedate somebody. Due to the high amounts, he believed that a dead body had been in the trunk. Vass's testimony could have been more damning. But the defense called an FBI scientist to the stand the next day. He said the amount of chloroform found was equivalent to the amount found in commonly used cleaners. So that kind of debunked or canceled out because, you know, the jury's like, OK, well, it could have been that then. Yeah. You know, on June 8th, a computer expert took the stand to talk about what was on the, the Anthony's home computer. Remember, Casey had been living in that home as well and had access to the family's computer. The experts stated that someone had searched chloroform 84 times, and there were other suspicious searches found as well. Head injuries, ruptured spleen, chest trauma, and internal bleeding were searched as
2: well. These searches
4: were done in March of 2008, all during the hours of the day that Cindy and George would have been at work.
2: Man, nobody wants to see my search history.
4: Do you think anyone wants to see my search history? I kind of want
2: to see your search
3: history.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty soon the FBI FBI is just going to get, I'm going to be flagged by them and then just going to come by the house.
2: Right. You're going to have to be like, have a home visit.
4: I'm going to be like, no, I do a true crime podcast. I swear.
2: We're going to need to look at your browser history. (laughs) Exactly.
4: Later during the trial, um, it's reported that the expert made a mistake and the site visited related to chloroform was only searched once. Uh,
2: (sighs) How do you make that mistake?
4: I know, but still, I mean, chloroform along with all those other searches, that is bizarre. Unless you, you know, are in a situation like us and we do a crime podcast.
2: I've never looked it up on my phone or the internet before ever.
4: I haven't either, but there's times where, like, I've looked certain terms up and Miss Wiki tells me.
2: Oh, 100 scary you're on a, terms. You're on a list.
4: I am. <laughs> <laughs> June 23rd, while on the stand for the defense, Cindy said she was the person that searched chloroform. She claimed her animals had been getting sick and maybe a certain flower or shrubbery could have had chloroform in it, in them. She also, she also testified that the stain found in the trunk that was believed to be from Kaylee's dead body was a stain that had already been in the car. This just shows again the dysfunction in the family, even though Casey had changed her story again, saying George had sexually abused her and may have abused Kaylee. She still stood behind her. So this is after they've already heard. Like Cindy already heard that her daughter accused her husband of sexually assaulting her and his granddaughter. Yet she's still going to say, nope, that stain was there. Yeah, I don't like this. It's just, I don't get it. July 3rd, 2011. Closing arguments are presented by both sides. Jeff Ashton is the lead attorney for the prosecution selected by the team to deliver closing arguments. He talked about how Kaylee was nothing but a burden to Casey. She had been cramping her style. He went on to say that she went to the extreme to have the freedom she felt she deserved. He said, quote, something needed to be sacrificed. That something was either the life she wanted or the life thrust upon her. She chose to sacrifice her child. Jose Baez was not allowed to bring up the ridiculous sexual abuse story. But he was able to bring up very valid points, unfortunately. He pointed. Um, He pointed out about the lack of physical evidence, like I said, evidence that would have been able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Kaylee's tiny dead body was definitely in the trunk of the car.
2: I just want to go out on a limb and say how impressed I am for how you actually said car.
4: Right. It was almost like I went back to the beginning of the podcast um, when I tried to hide my.
2: Your Massachusetts. My Massachusetts.
4: (laughs) He said the lack of evidence made it impossible to say without doubt that Casey was responsible for her daughter's death. And I have to say, unfortunately, I think that's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. After six weeks of testimony, the jury took under 11 hours to reach a verdict of not guilty on July 5th, 2011. I still don't get it. So all the defense needed to do and all any defense needs to do is find doubt. Doubt. Okay, and this was a death penalty case. Yeah, I almost feel like if the pros and I understand why the prosecution wanted the death penalty. But I feel like if that death penalty wasn't on the table, they might have had a better chance of getting her because
2: when you're you're dealing
4: with someone's life, I think you're right. Right. And you're and you're doing it all on mostly circumstantial evidence that the defense did do a good job of of coming up with other reasons why certain things were the way they were. You know, and in, in the fact that the by the time the body was found, they couldn't pinpoint that much evidence. Of, I
2: don't like it, but I agree with you. I <sighs> know. I think you are right.
4: July 7th, Casey is sentenced to four years in a $4,000 fine for the four counts of lying to police. The prison sentence is canceled because Casey had already served three years and it was shortened because of good behavior. Ugh. July 17th, 2011, a little after 12 a.m., Casey Anthony was released from jail accompanied by armed guards. There were about 100 people outside the jail protesting her release and demanding justice for little Kaylee. Good old Jose Bias had this to say in a statement. It is my hope that Casey Anthony can receive the treatment she needs to move forward with the rest of her life. Scumbag. The National Post reported from Information Garden from Radar Online that Casey wanted to write a tell-all book describing how she thought her father was responsible for Kaylee's death and make profit off it. She was also going to finally reveal who Kaylee's father really was. Casey described all of this in a docuseries. I don't know if any of you have seen the series. Nope. I refuse to watch it. She said she would talk in depth about her lovers and how she had a crush on Jose Bias. Of course she did. Right? That's probably how she got him to believe all her lies.
2: 100%. You Over- want to see a picture of Casey Anthony right now?
4: Sure. Yeah, I know. Scumbag. Yep. Over the course of the series, she went on to say she would love to become pregnant again and maybe even, quote, adopt a little girl from Ireland. She said she would explain the full accusations of sexual abuse she allegedly received, not only at the hands of her father, George, but also at the hands of her brother. So now she's dragging her brother. She's
2: doubling down? Yep. What a scumbag.
4: According to Radar Online in 2012, the tell-all was never released because it lacked any emotion. The source went on to say, there's no weeping for Kaylee, no pity for her parents, and no honest confessions. She'll write anything she thinks will sell her book and make her look good. We don't know who the person was that made the statement, but it does seem to go along with how Casey acted through the entire ordeal. Where is she now, you ask? Well, Alexandra Dean, um, who was the head of the documentary about Casey, told BuzzFeed News what she had been up to the present day. Casey works as a legal assistant and does accounting work. She has a, quote, small life with one close friend in a small circle of trusted loved ones, including her defense team. Dean also said that Casey still talks to her mother and brother, but said, quote, she doesn't talk to them often, and I wouldn't call their relationship close, but they do communicate. She does not talk to George. George and Cindy Anthony are still married, living together in Florida. A source told people that Cindy is still angry a lot of the time. When she starts talking about Casey and Kaylee, she gets really upset, even now. George supposedly wrote Casey a letter in hopes of a rec- Reconciliation in 2018, but she still still doesn't speak to him. So after all this and the accusations of him molesting her, he still wants a relationship with him. That's how much he loves his daughter. Sad. It's so sad. The Florida Times Union reveals some of what George and Cindy had to say on Dr. Phil in 2011. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this news article because it's pretty interesting. Casey Anthony's parents offered differing views in a television interview with Dr. Phil, host Phil McGraw, about how they think their 2-year-old granddaughter died in 2008. Cindy Anthony said she believes that Kaylee Anthony drowned, while her husband George Anthony was adamant that the toddler died by other means and that his daughter Casey Anthony had more intricate knowledge about how it happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Anthony's parents shared their opinions during the second part of an interview with McGraw that aired that aired in 2011. They spoke with McGraw for a lengthy taped interview over a two-day period. A portion of the interview devoted to Casey Anthony's murder trial will also be shown later this month. So it's just sad. It's sad. And the fact that they have different opinions. So Cindy seems to believe her daughter to the end, except for the fact that she said her husband molested her. So she thinks she thinks that she really did drown. But here's my question to you. How can she think that when there was duct tape over the girl's mouth? Right? If she was already dead when she drowned and somebody moved the body, it would why would there be any reason to put duct tape over the mouth?
2: No, I agree with you. It's it's ridiculous.
4: This is what I think happened. And then you can tell me what you think happened. Okay. I personally think. She wanted to go out partying, okay? I think she may have given her Xanax to have her fall asleep. I agree. I don't know where the duct tape came from, but I think maybe she gave her too much Xanax and she ended up dying, so she thought... That she would stage duct tape over the mouth, Yep, that's and she what I did thought. drive around with the b- body in the car, not knowing what to do with her because I, I she agree. because she knew it was it was a, an accident, but an accident done purposefully, right?
2: Yeah, it's still yeah, it's still, still killing somebody.
4: But if she was just honest, then I mean, she still would have gone to jail, I guess. But the fact that she came up with these elaborate lies, I just. And that those poor parents and her brother will never know. She knows.
2: Oh, 100%. Because
4: why did they never, even after the trial, why why did you never go looking for the person who actually did it? Nobody even looked. Nobody said, oh, let's continue looking because everybody knew.
2: I get it. It It's just
4: frustrating. But it is important to state that Casey Anthony was acquitted of all charges and is free to live her life, no matter what we think happened.
2: Person, we can think whatever we want. We can. I can think Casey Anthony yep. is a ginormous yep. effing douchebag.
4: Well, all I'm going to say is the person that killed this beautiful little girl knows and they will meet their maker someday and hopefully suffer the consequences of their actions.
2: Yes. And it can be true both ways. Casey Anthony is still a ginormous douchebag. So
4: I I have so many questions. So if, if what happened happened the way you and I think it happened, right? In in, in her, Is that how she lives on, thinking that it was an accident and there was nothing she could have done about it? It was just a horrible accident, so why punish herself? Is that, is that how she's living
2: her life? I think she actually believes her funk. I really do. Yeah. Like, I think she— Well, she'd have
4: to, to to live on.
2: Yeah, I think she actually has convinced herself that some of these things are true and everyone's out to get her. I really do. I don't know. It's
4: so sad. It's
2: It's gross.
4: I just, I don't know. I, I, I it, this, this case for me was really, I have other ones that I'd like to do. Is there any ones
2: that you'd like to re, rehash? I think we're on something cool here. Yeah. I, I like what we were doing. I Fall back and checking out would love
4: cases. to rehash the Jodi Arias case.
2: That lady I
4: watched the entire trial, entire trial.
2: I'm down for Whatever. I, I wonder
4: if we can get some of the people that were involved on air, like we, her I, lawyer that she fired. I wonder if he'd talk to us.
2: Hey, I can send out requests. The worst people are going to say or no. Yeah. I also want to hear from our creeps. 603-212-4600. And
4: also, we need more reviews, guys.
2: Yeah, those five-star five reviews are stopping. We need those. Could go on go on to the uh, Apple Podcast app. Find this good old podcast. Just put Bubba. Bubba.
4: B-U-B-B-L-A-H, Bubla.
2: Bubla. I love that. <laughs> um, I also want to hear what other cases that maybe from the past that our creeps would like us to cover. Yeah. I love it. Me too. All right. We'll see you on the next one.
4: Bye guys. See
2: ya.